The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is the American Nightmare, Mike Sark. How's it going, Mike? Great, but don't forget all in front of that. Okay, the all-American nightmare. How's that? <laughs> much better, much better. That's pretty good. So, how, um, so what you been up to lately? Uh, today at the gym, dealing with rain, hail, and at this moment, I'm sitting down here eating a Reese's Cup Blizzard and drinking a beer. Ooh, a Reese's Cup Blizzard from Dairy Queen and a beer. What a combination. Yep, perfect combination. I'm going to have to try that myself sometime. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a perfect combination. All right. Um, before you became a pro wrestler, you were an MMA fighter and a boxer as well. Yeah, I've dabbled a little bit in everything when it comes to punching somebody in the face. I know. Just like when you punched, I believe it was the FTC owner in the face and knocked him out. <laughs> that was... Uh... Scotty Boom, um, he's one of the guardians or whatever you want to call it. He's not actually the owner, but he's like a commissioner. Okay, I thought he was the owner, but I didn't know he was commissioner. But when I saw that video where you popped him in the face and knocked him out, that was crazy. Yeah, it uh, made a little bit of contact. I'm known for that. So what? So what? How did he get under your skin where you punched him out and knocked him out? Oh gosh, man, that's me think. Let's see. I don't even remember. He was, I think, just talking some smack about what he wanted me to do or something, and I don't take orders very well, so he was talking some smack, and I called him out, and I just gave him a good old-fashioned beatdown. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about your ex-partner, tag partner, and David Barnabas Specter from Darkness Worldwide. Can you tell us what happened? Why he uh, left and turned his back on you, went over with David Barnabas Specter? Oh, man. Let's see here. My, my partner was uh, Bad News Bobby Brown. I brought him into Team Inc. Um, we was best of friends, trained together. Um, I'm actually the one that gave him his nickname, Bobby Brown. Um, I was preparing for a MMA match, and at the time I had a, uh, I, I blew my shoulder out. So I was just kind of being his coach, helping him. And I was getting ready, getting him ready for a fight, and the UFC legend Spencer the King Fisher was bringing in a heavyweight for him to fight. And uh, he was sitting on my couch at the house, and without even, it was just priceless, he said, um, yeah, Spencer Fisher wants some, I'll kick his ass too. And I said, easy air, bad news. And it just it just stuck. I gave him that name, and, you know, brought, he's like a brother to me forever, and we, we formed the the tag team team inc and um to be honest with you man he just uh i guess he got the jealous bone i was getting too much of the the spotlight and he uh tried to stab me in the back and i guess take a ride on the dark side wow that's crazy you gotta uh beware of david barnabas specter he's kind of sneaky and evil at the same time that's that's what i've been heard but the only thing i've seen out of him has been chicken shit can i say chicken shit yeah go ahead okay i just want to make sure yeah, he, uh, he actually um, tried to cost me the match there about a month ago, give or take four or five weeks ago. He dressed up, uh, when I say chicken shit, he dressed up in a chicken uh, uh, outfit and uh, come over to the, to the ringside. And we thought he was uh, Bobby Brown because Bobby was a no-show. I've been saying he's going to show up to the show. And sure enough, it wasn't. And tried to distract us, but uh, couldn't find out it was, it was David. Wow, that so they must have been planning that for quite some time. And you guys are also the tag champions as well. So right now, you're holding both of the tag titles. Well, long story short, is um, we brought in a third member. Um, my buddy, um, we call him the American Psycho. We brought him in, and so we're three strong, you know, a little, little group going on. And um, like I said, we beat the boys from Ring of Honor for the titles. And... Um, I hit him with my finisher, and, you know, we got the one, two, three, and we were celebrating in the ring, and next thing I know, bad news lays the psycho out with the belt, then he turns and hits me. 
and since then he's been on the run hiding and talks a lot of smack on Facebook and he never shows up when it comes to the bell time. Wow. So- just like David, he'll get his. I'll actually be in David's backyard here in a couple of weeks. Um, FTC is doing a show update and I guess I'm going to go ahead and do the show. So, uh, I'll be. I'll keep my eye on the lookout for him while I'm up there. Oh wow! So you're gonna definitely do the show at the FTC show in Dayton. I definitely got to go now. Drinking a lot of beer and kicking a lot of ass in the ring. That's how you play. Yeah, that's how I like to do it. Cool. I'm definitely gonna come to the show. I gotta, I gotta uh, see what happens, and who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, bad news and David Barnabas Specter from Darkness Worldwide. Who knows? Maybe they'll sneak in like little snakes. Yeah, if they know what's best, they'll they'll get out of town and. <laughs> I love it. So when you were growing up, were you a pro wrestling fan um, since day one? Absolutely. So you were like a big Hulk Hogan fan, is that correct? Yep, I grew up, you know, the the red and yellow brother, man. I was, I was hooked. Oh, I bet you were. So uh, what? Uh, so did Hulk Hogan, uh, did he get you influenced to get in the wrestling business? with you. I mean, I, I loved it as a kid and um, you know, it's something that I never ever dreamed I'd ever do and as I become adult I started getting to, into lifting weights and then like I said, got into the boxing and the MMA and I would go to some indie shows here and there and they would, the promoters usually would come up to me and ask me if I was ever interested in it because I mean, I'm just, you know I don't want to be cocky, but I got that look. You know what I mean? I'm a bigger, tatted up guy. And um, I'd always say, no, it's not for me. You know, not for me. Love, love watching it, but it's not for me. Um, so I can't really say that, that Hogan got me into wrestling, but he's definitely who got me hooked to loving wrestling. That's pretty good as well. And speaking of MMA fighting, um, you got to be friends with the King as well. How did that come to be? Uh, well... He moved to a town close to me. Uh, well, he came to deer hunt, actually, for a hunting camp. And um, somebody said, hey, Mike, you interested in still doing some fighting? And I said, I don't know, man, you know. So I went to the gym and, and, and trained a little bit. And me and him become really close buddies. He actually nicknamed me Lips. And not because my lips are big and beautiful. It's because, uh, as you can tell, I like to talk. <laughs> and... Uh, he actually told me back then, this was back in like 2000, I'm going to say 12 maybe. And he said, man, you should be a professional wrestler. And I just laughed it off. He's like, you, you got the look, you can talk, you should do it. And I was just, you know, just thought it was funny back then. Uh, we would go like to Hooters and everything like that because Spencer is actually not a real big guy. If you, if, you know, get a chance to YouTube him or look him up or whatever. Um, he's a bad, bad man, but he just, he's not a, you know, a big dude or nothing. So when we'd go out to the bars and stuff, everybody would think I was the big, you know, famous UFC fighter. So it was pretty funny. Uh, good times back then. That's pretty good. Um, so 
what was one of your most memorable uh, fights you had when you were MMA fighting that still sticks with you today? I know you probably had tons of great fights. What was that one fight that really stuck to you when you were uh, MMA fighting? To be honest with you, I didn't have that many because, long story short, I had a lot of what we would call um, gym wars where they would bring in other um, fighters from other camps uh-huh. and you would pretty well fight, but it was like... It was almost like hard scores, um, it'd be like a pregame season in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't count, but yet you're still going out there knocking the shit out of each other. So that's what I had a lot of because in the starting out in the MMA world, where I was a like you once again, I'm not trying to be cocky, but I'm a bigger, intimidating guy. Believe it or not, I had a lot of times that guys would back out of the fights, the week of the fight, the day of the fight, weigh in, happened to me numerous times. Wow, that had been crazy. I actually cut weight to fight at light heavyweight because my cardio was too bad at heavyweight. I had to cut a bunch of weight to get my weight down and get my cardio up. So I was a big intimidating guy walking around with a heavyweight, but I did it like at the highest level as far as training, so I would cut weight. Basically like when you'd see, if you ever watched a high-level UFC fight back in the day and you would see a guy, it's not as bad now with all the the testing and blood work and everything they do, but if you watched it five, six, eight years ago, for example, you'd see a light heavyweight fighter and they'd, they'd weigh him in, you know, you'd see him weigh at 205. You'd look at that guy on TV and you go, how in the hell does that guy weigh 205? But it's all about cutting weight. He weighed 205 in the weigh-in, but he weighed 235 in the night of the fight. And that's what I did. So it was hard to get in, uh, you know, uh, I, and, and let's be honest, uh, muscles and thighs doesn't make a fighter. Um, but it's a intimidating look that actually ends up backing a lot of fighters out. Wow, I believe that. Um, didn't that just get on your nerves, though, when some fighters would just back out? That's actually why I got out of the MMA game. Yep. So I fought a, I fought a heavyweight. The long story short, me and him actually are buddies now. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That, yeah, uh, he he weighed in. I was trying to fight light heavyweight and uh, had two fights in a row get canceled. So... Um, a mutual friend messaged me and said, hey, man, um, um, you want to take a fight next week? And I said, uh, sure, uh, what weight class? And he said, heavyweight. I said, damn, heavyweight. And uh, he said, yeah. And he said, uh, I was very, I couldn't even imagine. I was actually under the heavyweight limit at the time. Like, you had to weigh in, um, well, you had to weigh in 207, I do believe, to fight at heavyweight. And, um, but let's be honest, everybody that fought heavyweight usually fought at 240 or plus. And I was weighing in like 210 at the time because I was trying to cut down to a middleweight fight at 185 that I never actually made because I couldn't get the weight down. So anyways, they asked me how much I weighed and he weighed about 266. And I said, big enough, whoop his ass. That's awesome. So, um, since you, uh, you know, left MMA, um, you did some boxing as well. Did you do MMA first before boxing or did you do both at the same time training? I did boxing before I did MMA. Um, then I went back to boxing. Um, let's see here. Let's see. I got in a bar fight one night. (laughs) Go figure it out. What happened? Uh, alcohol. <laughs> um, so, um, I, believe it or not, though, I, I don't go looking for fights. I the easiest going guy, but don't back down from them. But anyhow, I got in a bar fight, got a pretty good one, and there was a uh, like a boxing rough and rowdy coming up in like two weeks. They's like, man, you laid that guy out. You should go fight in. I, I never had any boxing experience in my life, so I let, let my buddy sign me up for it. And I literally had enough cardio that if I walked around the block, I need to stop and get me a six-pack of beer to to uh, refresh <laughs> if I win. But so uh, it was a tournament, and the first three guys that I fought didn't make it past the thirty-second mark. Wow! And, yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't. I'm not making this shit up. My if I tell you tell you it's a truth, because my life's too crazy to make it up. To be honest with you. Um. Since. So, um, knocked all three guys out in about 30 seconds total each fight. Uh, made it to the finals, fought a guy that was played college football that actually knew how to box a little bit, a lot smaller than me. Thought I was going to walk through him, and he gave me a hell of a fight. And I realized after the first round, I didn't have no cardio to fight. But 
I went out there and fought. Most people still see, said that I won the fight, but it was kind of like David versus Goliath. I was, I'm 6'3". I was about 265, jacked up back then. He was about 5'11", 215. Very close fight. They gave the decision to him. He won the tournament. So um, how many, uh, since you were in the tournament as well, did you do any other boxing matches after the tournament? Oh, yeah, I've done several. Um, my gosh, I think my, uh, let's see here. I think I'm 12 and 1 with 12 knockouts, 11 knockouts. Wow. And who was the uh, um, best uh, boxer in a ring you had great chemistry with and you guys both put on a good fight against each other? Ah, uh, let me think here. Um, I don't think anybody. I usually just knock everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're cocky. <laughs> I, just, I just speak the truth, brother. Hey, so um, since you uh, you know, uh, stopped doing MMA and boxing, what finally got you into uh, start training as a pro wrestler? Well, let me let me stop you on that real quick. Um, since you're still talking about the boxing, I have a a buddy down here. His name is Luke, uh, the Bronco Lions. Okay. They, he's a heavyweight professional boxer. Um, I'm not sure his record right now, but he's a two-time tournament heavyweight champion. Uh, I think he's eight and I think he's eight and three now as a professional boxer, and he was the big name for this area. And he'll fly out today. He's like, I was his training partner, and he's like, I they couldn't pay me ten thousand dollars to fight you. I was like, why? He's like, because I don't want my head knocked off. <laughs> De- he's the big name around here, though. But you know, I just, I just kind of had some pretty good wars with him in the gym, and he knew what was up. Oh wow! <laughs> I bet that would have been a good fight if you guys really got into it. Uh, he might have made it around with me. <laughs> he's, a good dude. he's a good dude, you really. Are. Oh, that's cool. Um, so um, when so when you uh, became and started training as a pro wrestler, um, you know, since you were training in MMA and boxing, did that also help you condition your body more when you uh, trained as a professional wrestler? And is uh, um, training as a pro wrestler is it harder on the body than training as an MMA fighter and a boxer? I would actually say yes. It's definitely harder on the body. On the body, um, the training's not harder. I'm not. I'm not going to say that the conditioning or training's harder, but the abuse you put on your body is definitely harder. I believe so. So, um, how long did you train before you uh, had your first match? Oh man, let's see here. Um, FTC, um, the owners, they put on their very first show, and. I hollered at my buddy, Bobby Brown, and I said, hey, let's go check this show out tonight. And he actually, he was one of them that tried to get me to do pro wrestling for years, and I always told him, ain't happening. Um, I said, let's go check the show out, and he almost uh, backed out on me. He wasn't going to go. I said, dude, what else to do tonight? Let's go down and check the show out. We went down. It was a, a really great, it was the best uh, indie show I've ever been to, to be honest with you. Like, it was, they put money into it. They, put, they do it at this Rone Theater, and it's just got this great atmosphere. It's got this great, like, you feel like you're in a big-time city. Like, it, they, you know, they, they got a bar, they sell beer, it's got the lights. It's, 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 really, it's really nice. So anyways, checked the show out. I uh, really enjoyed it. One of the owners, promoters, walked up to me. He's seen some of my um, videos on Facebook and said, Hey, man, you got a good look here. I thought about doing this. You should come out and try it. So I took him up on it, went down trained, and realized how hard it was on the body. But I liked the challenge, and I trained probably, to be honest with you, oh, God, maybe six to eight times, to be honest with you. Wow. They said, hey, we got a, um, we got a show coming up. And what happened was the owner, one of the owners, um, we kind of started a little war on on uh, social media because how I said it was I had everybody, you know, I was like, listen, you're bringing pro wrestling to my backyard and you didn't have the balls to ask me if it was okay because I wanted to be the heel when they brought when they started this promotion out here. So yeah. We had everybody believing it was real heat. Like even the guy that was over the, the theater, he's like, hey, man, if this, this Mike Swartz won't come down and raise hell, I don't know if we want to 
going with this show or not. He had to assure him, you know, hey, it's, it's just a work, man, you know. And um, so we showed up to the crowd, and um, we, you know, we bought our tickets. We was, we was not supposed to be at the show, you know, because I had words with, you know, one of the, the talents, one of the owners and stuff. Okay. We showed up. We showed up in the front row with our tickets, and we was drinking our beer and eating our popcorn, and uh, we got kicked out. And uh, we fought our way back into the main event. And um, like I said, they brought us in to be healed. We did our thing. We had, Okay, uh, you're going to really love this story. So we was in the back getting ready to, you know, make our way to the ring. And um, the guy, it was, it was a ladder match for a one-year contract in that company. Okay. Well, there was like five or six guys in the match I really don't remember. And one of the guys, like, when we walked back in the locker room, I didn't know how it was done back then. You know what I'm saying? I was new. Yeah. I'd never been in, 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 in on a show yet in the back. And so, you know, I didn't go up and introduce myself, but no one was coming up to me and was like, hey, man, who are you? Nothing like that. It was like, it was almost like they was, like, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. It was like they was, they was, uh, heat beef or something in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, the guy that was going to go up, it was a ladder match, and, the t- you know, there's tables and everything involved. He told me, he said, hey, you know, I'm going to climb up here, going to go through two tables, you come running out, and, you know, we'll go from there. Told me how it was going in. I said, look, dude, we're not in the ring, and we're not ringside, so we're coming from, like, this this uh, theater is, like, we're coming from, like, a good, probably 75 yards away. And I said, look, you know, we got to fight our way back in, and we need to know when to come in, blah, blah, blah. He said, look, I'm not looking like an idiot. You know, if you're out there in time, I'm going to, I'm just going to get the briefcase. So, sure enough, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. He climbed up the, the ladder and won the, took the briefcase and won the match. Well, one of the other promoters said, this is what you call a shoot. And I said, what does that mean? He said, that means you can really go in there and kick the shit out of it. So when he said that, we took off running like a couple couple mules to the ring. And when we got in there, we gave him a couple boots to the side of the shoulder. And sure enough, he got back in line. And uh, we threw him to a table, and we signed our name on the contract, and it was about 400 people to show. The promoter handed me the microphone, and he said, here you go, superstar. And I never like to rehearse stuff. I like to just come from, you know, just come off the top of my head. And I remember how the guys in the back of the locker room, you know, I'm not putting no names down, you know, because it's, you know, but they just, like I said, they just didn't welcome me with open arms, I guess I should say. Okay. So I grabbed I grabbed that microphone and it just popped in, popped in my mind. When I said I said, look, if you don't know who we are, I said we're damn sure not here to be the new kids on the block. I said we're here to run the block. And when I said that, dude, the crowd popped, and it was just it just something coming from my heart, coming from my you know off the top of my head, and I come up with that and a little catchy phrase, and the crowd actually really enjoyed it. So that was my in my first match, and it was just a run in, and that's just kind of how. It, start kicked off that's pretty good um you also got in a uh, match with a beast by the name of abyss what was that like to mess with a big guy like that in the ring he's um you know a big he's a big man a very powerful man we was in a uh hold on now i think i was in a six-man tag against him mm-hmm. um they i think they outnumbers i think they was they was me Hold on. I think it was three versus four, if I remember right. But okay. Yeah, it was a bit. I got to work with him. Um, hey, like I said, I I respect every man gets that ring, but I fear no man. I punched him in the damn mouth just like I do anybody else. <laughs> what did he do after you punched him in the mouth? <laughs> he bled. <laughs> what did he do after that? Did he come after you? Uh, I think he was seeing the stars, to be honest with you. I think he tagged out. <laughs> I never seen like that happen to Abyss like that. Wow! I, let's just say I got hammers for hands. <laughs> um, you also worked with a lot of uh, great wrestlers in the ring. Um, who uh, was your uh, greatest uh, chemistry you had in the ring with that you could, you got both of you guys always would put on one hell of a show? Oh man. Ew, that's a good. That's a good question. <laughs> I'll tell you who I like hanging out with the most. Um, okay. Um, I like uh, the Spirit Squad guys. Yeah, tell me the story about uh, the Spirit Squad guys, and then you had a beer with one of them. Uh, Kenny, 
Um, um, Kenny, afterwards, uh, we had a match. I come in and smacked him in the face just like everybody else. And afterwards, uh, he respected me when we went out and drunk some beer together. And uh, as I was coming out of the uh, little sports bar, I noticed there's a car waiting up front for me. And he hollered and he said, hey, Mike. Said, you know, who's that? And I was with a buddy. He said, get in, get in. He had a little chauffeur driver for us. And we got in and we just, he wanted to go get some bars. And we started driving up through town. And I didn't ask him. I didn't say, hey, man, what do you think? You think I can make it in this business? He just, he literally just looked at me and said, Mike, how far do you want to take this? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, how far do you want to take professional wrestling? I said, man, I'm just doing it for a hobby. He said, dude, you could take this to the highest level. He said, you can cut promos, you got the look, you got the walk, you got the talk. He said, you should really pursue this. He actually got a little drunker and told me that I was still on this, on this earth to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> I bet you love that. Um, also, also, you had a lot of female fans. You even had a, a female that uh, fan that dressed like you for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, she won, um, I think, best costume that night at the show. Wow, what? Uh, what did you think about that? A fan dressing up like you, I mean, really, you know, followed you in uh, of all of your matches and stuff and was able to, you know, dress up like you. Uh, man, to be honest with you, it's humbling. It's, it's a pretty cool thing to see, but I'm not surprised. I can also tell, um, I know you try to have, you know, more of like a heel persona about you. It also seems like uh, the younger fans like you as well, especially kids. Uh, what's that word? A lot of the promoters call me anti-hero. Yeah, anti-hero. Yeah, they say that's that's what I get the little rap of. They're like you're anti-hero. I'll tell you a funny story. I went to way down Hickville, West Virginia, and I did a show down there. My partner at the time, we team ain't bad news. He said, "Hey man," he said, "See them kids up front row there?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "I came down to this show last month." He said, "They hate me." Said, all right, all right, got you, got you. So we walked out through there. They was literally the whole front row. It was about 15 kids, probably from ages 6 to 10, somewhere in that frame. I don't know. I was walking up by him, and I met one. I said, hey, man, check out his arms. I heard him say it. So I walked up to him. I flexed. I said, hey, man, hey, little dude, you want to feel these? He said, yeah. I said, I don't think so, you little twerp. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got in the ring. We did our thing. And afterwards, the intermission, we went out there. And I'll be damned if that same little snot-nosed bastard came up to me and wanted to buy a T-shirt. Oh, wow, and he bought a t-shirt from you? I said, his dad came up to me, I said, dude, I said, I said, everything for you not like me, why do you want to buy a t-shirt? He said, you just look cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I bet you that little kid was just looking up to you, liking it, going, hey, man, you know, I, I got uh, told off, and here I am like uh, liking him and buying a shirt. <laughs> yeah, like I said, so... I mean, when I go, when I do shows uh, out of town stuff, I prefer to try to be healed because that's just what I like. Because I'll tell you something about me. Okay. When I, when, when they offered me to, you know, do the, my first show for FTC, and then I did my little bit of training, I told, the, I told the, one of the promoters, the owner, I said, look, dude, I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be me. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going out there and putting any shiny purple trunks on. Not that I got anything against that. Mm-hmm. I was like, but if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be me. So I, like, I'll run into other workers or fans, you know, from time to time in, in a bar or where, whatever it might be, and they'll go, "Man, you really, you really stay in character. You really, you really, you really live that gimmick." And I say, "Hold up, there ain't no damn gimmick about me. What you see is what I am." Wow, so you live you live uh, the All American Nightmare twenty four seven as well, and your name the All American Nightmare. You had that way before uh, Cody took it. Yeah, I was uh, actually sparring in a boxing a pro boxing gym, and I was sparring a little pro Mexican guy. I can't remember his name. It's been back. Gosh, whenever the Henry song was out, you have to look it up. See whenever it was released. Probably 2009, mm-hmm. 10, somewhere in there. And I was sparring him, and they had the radio on, and it happened to be the Hinder song, and I actually dropped him. Pretty well knocked him out. And a couple of pro boxers, they're like, hey, man, you're the real-life All-American Nightmare. I was like, huh? So that song was on. So they gave me the nickname in the boxing gym, and I actually went and got the tattoo on my forearm. So, yeah, I've been, I was the All-American Nightmare way before Cody Rose was the American Nightmare. 
Wow. You, oh, that's amazing. That's a great story as well. And um, speaking of, you have a lot of ink on you too. Um, are there like certain stories for each ink on your arm? Uh, I I like to feel most of my, my tattoos have a meaning, yeah. I, uh, like I said, the All-American Nightmare, got that from, you know, with the song being on Sparm, which, which, like I said, if you actually sit down and take time and listen to the song, it's like they wrote it about me. Red, white, and blue, all-American nightmare. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's literally like they wrote the song for me. All right. Now, let's go back and talk about Bad News and part of Team Inc. How'd you guys get together, and how did uh, Team Inc. Uh, become a team? How did that all come by before, at, before the betrayal? It was actually my other book buddy was, um, we went and got in the boxing ring and they was a local pro wrestler that teamed up with a big, um, meathead and they got on Facebook and started talking smack because they see me doing, well, I guess what you'd call a promo in, in professional wrestling, yeah. which it was before I was professional wrestling, but they seen me doing that. So they got to the gym and started talking smack about me. And so I started talking smack back about them. And, you know, they like, you know, uh, I'm a professional wrestler. I've been doing this, blah, 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 smoking up your ass. So, you know, I come back and said, look, you know, you do it in the ring, whatever. I can do it on the street any day of the week, blah, blah, blah. So we went, uh, his big buddy, I caught him out in the boxing ring. And um, my other buddy is like me. He's like a short version of me. He's all padded up. Mm-hmm. And we got in and we got a, we start, we had a video and without rehearsal, without thinking of the name, I looked at him after we gave the big dude a beat down. We got, I got the video if I go back and find it somewhere. Okay. Uh, I looked I looked at him and I, I looked at the camera and I said, what you're looking at right here? I looked down at him, seen his sleeves, looked down at seen my sleeves, sat it out. And I said, what you're looking at right here is called Team Inc. And it just stuck, dude. It just stuck. I probably sold 500 Team Inc. shirts probably. Wow. And, that was... um, it just stuck. And then I asked him. You know, if you'd be interested in, you know, doing it. And then he always said he would, but he always blew me off. So that, and that's when I asked pretty well my best friend, Bad News, if he wanted to finally do it when we went to that show. And that's just kind of how it took off, Team Inc. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, so when you're not in the wrestling ring as well, um, you um, you enjoy a lot of stuff. Um, I know you enjoy drinking beer a lot and, you know, closing you know the bars down at nighttime. Um, what's some of your favorite beers you enjoy drinking? Uh, man, to be honest with you, uh, you'll probably laugh at me. I'm a, a Michelob Ultra guy. I like to keep my girlish figure, you know. <laughs> I can't picture you drinking that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just clone carbs. <laughs> nice. Um, you also um, showed me some pictures of, of your uh, badass Jeep. So do you do a lot of off-roading as well? Yeah, matter of fact, uh, yesterday I took a little hottie out. We went, uh, we went full, full rolling, shot some guns, and uh, played in the mud, if you know what I mean. Ooh, I bet. Did you guys have a mud wrestling match? Yes, we did. <laughs> and of course, she lost, so she had to get naked. Oh wow! Oh my! <laughs> That's awesome. So, what else do you like to do besides, you know, shooting guns and, you know, wrestling girls in the mud, uh, four wheeling, and all that great stuff? So, if you're asking me what some of my favorite things to do is, let's see. I would like to say I'm a simple man, so I would say cold beer and hot women. All right. Awesome. Love it, man. Love it. So um, speaking of since you you know, you know love your character 24-7 as well, uh, do you also have a Harley? Um, not anymore. Really? Yeah, I got rid of it. How come you got rid of your Harley? Uh, well, I'm actually going through a divorce if we want to air it all out there. And she's got a big fancy Jeep. And, uh, when you got, uh, four vehicles, the bike had to go. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, when you, um, at the time, were you, um, wrestling as a pro wrestler, um, when you still had your Harley and did you ever ride your bike up into the, you know, arena? Yes, I have several times. There's really? videos out there of me riding, riding it to the ring a few times. Actually, uh, matter of fact, 
last year at the bike rally. Uh, you're um, the guy you're talking about, uh, that low life chicken shit David. He was there and witnessed me riding him out. Really? What was David thinking at the time? I do not know. I didn't have a conversation with him. <laughs> so when you see David Barnabas Specter of Darkness Worldwide, uh, what are you going to do to him? Uh, if I seen him face to face anytime soon, I would probably hold him down and shave off that ridiculous, dumb looking goatee. <laughs> Nice. And um, after you're done with him, what are you going to do to uh, Bad News? What will I do to Bad News? Well, I would probably do the same thing to him that I did to the strippers I was with last night. Leave him laying face down and ass up. (laughs) Wow. All right. So where can everybody find you on social media? Um, you can go, I got a Team Inc. page, I have uh, All-American Nightmare fan page, and then you could just go to my personal page, just, just Mike Sark. All right. Thank you yeah, so... I don't, I don't have all that uh, Instagram or Twitter or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> or Snapchat. <laughs> no, I have too many women keeping me busy the way it is now. I don't need all that. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for uh, you know coming on and sharing your story. I appreciate you having me, brother. Anytime. And... Everybody else, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. You can follow my podcast at Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, Podcast City at podcastcity.net, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. You can follow me at Twitter at WPopcast1 and at Facebook at Wrestle Podcast. Everybody have a great evening. What's up, podcast listeners? This is Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, as well as HTM Sports, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Listen, if you love Robin's show, then chances are you'll enjoy ours as well. We talk a lot of Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, AEW, NXT, WWE, you name it, we've got you covered. So hit that subscribe button. Be sure that you catch the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the weekly flagship, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Popcast. And my guest tonight is Demi Guide of Death, Funny Bone. Oh. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Hey, no problem at all. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so, um, ha- what influenced you to become a pro wrestler? Uh, did you grow up and fall in love with wrestling before you decided to train as a pro wrestler with uh, Nick Bockwinkle? Yeah, I grew up watching wrestling. Uh, honestly, it's the only thing I've ever wanted to do in my life. Oh, okay, cool. So, what was it like to be trained by Nick Bockwinkle? <laughs> nice. So I bet uh, Nick Bockwinkle probably drilled you in the ring a lot too. Yes. <laughs> um. So how long did you train before you got your very first match? And when you had your first match, how were you feeling? I trained for about two and a half months before I got my first match, uh, and it went as good as you could imagine. Uh, uh, which means not very good. Honestly, I don't feel like I got good until a couple years into the business. Okay. So, so how did you become the demi-guide of Death Funny Bone? Uh, I transitioned to the demi-guide of Death, technically speaking, after WWE bought the name the Demon King from me. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. That- I started going by the Demon King... Roughly four or five years ago, um, they gave that name to uh, the Finn Balor guy, 
I contacted them about the fact that it was my name first, and then they paid me for it. I hope Vince paid you good. <laughs> good enough for me, bud. That's pretty good as. Hey, let's talk about your relationship and in-ring chemistry with Sin Boldy. Um, you guys had a lot of, you know, interesting matches. Uh, a lot of an understatement. Uh, I feel married to him, uh, which is very unfortunate for me because he's awful. <laughs> Why is he awful? Have you hung around him for more than 10 minutes? <laughs> Um, I've I've met him when he was over here in Cincinnati. He seemed fine to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, he wasn't around you for long enough then. Give him more time. I probably will, because um, I'm going to be seeing them in uh, Vegas next year when I head up to the Cauliflower Alley Club, and I'm going to get some ink done by him. I'm sorry. He's actually a good tattoo artist. He's just an awful person. <laughs> All right, so um, tell me a couple of your most memorable uh, matches you've done with Sin. Uh, man, I've done a handful. This Sunday is going to be probably the craziest, but uh, I've done, uh, what is it? Uh, let me see. It's a carnival death match. Probably one of our craziest matches. It included, uh, he brought some clown to throw swords at me. Uh, there was worms. There was uh, firecracker ties, an electric chair. Uh, I hit him with the TV. All kinds of insanity. This Sunday, we're going to do a whole lot more violence. That's con- uh, I'm going to try to end Sin. I'm just. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'm hoping this will be his last match. I don't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> so he's being a big pain in your ass. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> hey, but you keep on going back getting some more, though. Yeah, I like hitting him. He makes a funny noise. <laughs> what type of funny noise does he make? Something you would expect a Canadian clown to make. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it as that as a Canadian clown since he's a Canadian as well. Since, uh, speaking of, you know, Canada as well, did you have you uh, wrestled up in Canada as well? Okay, cool. You know a match I would love to see you get in with? And you've been um, posting this on Twitter like crazy. I like to see you and Effie go one and one You guys have that unique style about each other. Yeah. Effie and myself will be on uh, in the same city at the same show next week in Hunt Slam. So we'll see how that goes. Really? So there's no... So does Effie know you want a piece of him? Yes, I've told him every chance I can get. <laughs> what does he say about that? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> shows me he's, he's ready. Hey, you know something? You can't under underestimate Effie. He's not a bad wrestler. I mean, he can go at it if he had to. No, see, that's what I mean. Guys that aren't ready are guys that talk a lot. Guys that are ready don't say shit. They just show up and do work. All right. Um, you've done some crazy stuff outside the ring as well. I mean, you dove from 20 feet up in the air onto one of your opponents, and then you moonsaulted off a basketball uh, <laughs> basket. That's amazing. Yeah, um, devil may care is a, is a phrase token a long time ago about my wrestling style, apparently. Well, you're not afraid to fly. You fly everywhere. That's what it seems like. Yeah, I don't, I don't have fear, so. <laughs> All right. Okay, and tell me about your time when you got in the ring with uh, Tommy Dreamer. What was that like? It was good. I, I actually like hitting my heroes a lot. Uh, it was very fun to beat the hell out of Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> wow. So what did he say to you after you get, um, beat the living pulp out of him? Hey, I would love to see you get in the ring with Cody Rhodes as well. I beat him too. 
<laughs> I love your attitude. You're cocky and evil. I love it. Um, uh, uh, another match um, I've seen you in, I really enjoyed was when you took on Jarek 120, of the magician wrestler. That was a pretty fun match to watch. So, uh, what happened at the end of the match between you and Jarek? Uh, you had a bunch of lackeys come out and try to put the boots to me. <laughs> and let me guess, you probably kicked all their asses as well, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, that, hey, that's pretty awesome. Um, besides um, having great chemistry in a ring with Simbodi, who are um, some other wrestlers that you uh, enjoy like beating the crap out of in the ring and you have great chemistry, but they always can end up beating the crap out of you? Uh, Chuba Gobber is probably the most notable one. Uh, Mike Rain's another one. Uh, we, we, we smashed it. Me and Mike have had classic just battles. Oh, cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, as well, in one of your matches, when you were doing your match, you broke your collarbone. How did that happen? Uh, I took a move off the top rope, landed incorrectly, and uh, smashed my collarbone into four pieces. Wow. How long were you out after uh, that? <laughs> Two months. Really? I bet you were probably... She's still broken. Wow. But the cool thing about it is you just went on and did that match and then after that you you know had to do what you had to do as well. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I'm not one to stop wrestling because of an injury. Yeah, hey, you know, you and uh, Simboli are um, some wild characters in the wrestling ring. You guys do some crazy stuff and you guys like to beat up on a lot of people too. And when I was talking to uh, Simboli... Um, he was kind of a little upset, uh, you know, about, you know, Bray Wyatt, you know, kind of stealing his idea. With yeah, the, the WWE is very big on stealing other people's ideas. Yeah, um, yeah, because when I talked to him on the podcast, he was a little fabricated about that as well. And then um, we also talked about, you know, Crazy Steve, who is another great talent, you know, which, you know, Sin highly respects. Um, have you ever tangled with him a bunch of times as well? No, I haven't got the pleasure to smash his face in yet. Oh, really? Have you ever told him that you, uh, if you got in a ring with him, you would smash his face? I probably have. I, I don't remember that as much as uh, with Effie. <laughs> I think I tried to remind on a weekly basis. I don't know what was that. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> That's going to be a good match between you and Effie, man. That's going to be just epic and priceless all together. <laughs> yeah. And then another wrestler you got in the ring with as well. You got in the ring with uh, TJ Perkins. What was that like to get in the ring with him? Well, it was good. It was, it was a good opportunity for me to show people how well-rounded I am. <laughs> Well, you're well-rounded. I mean, you can wrestle any type of style and wrestle any guy in the ring. I mean, I've seen a bunch of your matches. You can wrestle any style, which is very impressive. The promoter who, for, for future stars of wrestling out here, who admittedly not best friends with me, that it was probably one of the most technical matches the company's ever had, and I'm not known for my technical skills. Wow. Um, especially since, uh, you know, you're out there in Las Vegas. What's the wrestling scene out there in Las Vegas, and how are the fans uh, with, you know, the different wrestling shows out there? I, I love wrestling in Vegas. I don't get to wrestle here very often, uh, but when I do, I try to make it um, memorable, so to speak. I probably wrestle here, you know, a handful of times a year, usually out of state or out of country, but... Um, I love wrestling Las Vegas. It'll always be my home. It'll always be the place where I started. It'll always be my favorite place to wrestle. That's pretty good. Um, I also looked up on you as well. Um, you wrestled in my hometown I grew up as well. Um, you wrestled one time in Bakersfield, California. Yeah, I wrestled there every so often. Um, so what was it like to wrestle over in Bakersfield, and how were the fans over there? I jumped a dude on his head through a chair, so I liked it. 
<laughs> I bet you did. So um, in your career as well, um, did you ever have any regrets? No. Hey, that's pretty good. Um, also, um, I got another question to ask you as well. If you can change anything about pro wrestling and how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? I wouldn't change anything. If How people perceive it is on them. If you, if you want to watch it and enjoy it and have fun, good. If you don't, fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> nice. Um, you're also a father as well. So, um... How's your kids think about having a dad as a pro wrestler, and have they ever ever seen you get crazy in the ring? Um, my oldest two have seen me do some crazier stuff. My I have seven kids. Uh, a good portion of them are under six. They have not seen me do anything too crazy. Uh, I had to protect them from that until they're a little older. But uh, they like me wrestling. That's pretty good. Um, so do they like do they like your whole character as well? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Um, so when you're not like beating up wrestlers in the ring and getting crazy and doing some obscene stuff, what do you enjoy outside the ring? What does Funny Bone enjoy doing besides wrestling? I hang out with my kid. That's pretty good too. Um, so um, do you and your kids like watch wrestling together as well besides you wrestling as well? Oh, really? Since you're into cartoons, what's your favorite cartoon of all time? Good question. Uh, probably favorite of all time. <coughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I have a lot of favorites. I can't just pinpoint to one. Um, and um, I'm asking another question, especially of cartoons as well. Um, don't you miss the Saturday morning cartoons when they were on the three major stations? Man, that that was the time to be a kid. <laughs> I, I still do that. Whenever I'm, if I'm ever in town on a Saturday, I wake up Saturday mornings and watch cartoons with my kid. Hey, that's per- it's not very often that I'm here in town on a Saturday because wrestling. Um, when I am, I do watch it with my kids. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. So when you're on the road a lot traveling. Um, <laughs> Is it is it hard to you know uh, be away from your family and kids? Yeah, it's the only part I don't like about it. Yeah, um, so uh, I know your oldest probably understands that you you know travel a lot. Um, do your younger uh, kids understand uh, why their uh, you know dad wrestles all the time? Yeah, they kind of grew up in me wrestling all the time, so they they know what it's all about. Um, also, um, when you got into, uh, you know, pro wrestling, when you started training as well, um, was your family very supportive as well? Um, at the time when I first started, I only had the two kids, um, my family outside of my immediate family that I made, uh, I don't really deal with them or talk to them. Okay. Um, also, you know, growing, growing up as well, you were a huge wrestling fan. Who was your favorite wrestler uh, growing up? Uh, Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley were my favorite. Oh, those were your two favorite, you know, um, a bunch of death matches and stuff <laughs> and super kicks. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what are your thoughts on um, all elite wrestling that's going on right now? That's a good product. They're doing a very good job of separating themselves from what WWE does. Uh, most important thing any company can do is uh, promote the difference between them and WWE. That's pretty good as well. So, uh, will we ever see Funny Bone at AEW? If they want me, I'd be interested, yeah. <laughs> so, where do you see yourself in uh, 2019 and beginning on to 2020? Wrestling somewhere. <laughs> um, when you can't wrestle anymore... Um, have you ever thought about maybe being a trainer or would you just hang up the boots when you can't, you know, wrestle anymore? Uh, aside from wrestling right now, I do uh, seminars as well. Uh, one of my favorite things about wrestling is actually training the younger generation and working with them in order for them to get better. All right. So who are some of your favorite <laughs> st- students um, that you trained that you think is going to have a bright future in pro wrestling? Uh, there's a number of guys. I haven't, I haven't fully trained 
trained a wrestler in many, many years. I've just been doing the seminars for the last few. Uh, there's a handful out of there, uh, though, that have been to the seminars and, and worked with me uh, that I know are going to have a bright future. Uh, Steven Cesario, who actually trains at Stoner U, which is Hood Slam School, uh, he's going to be a megastar one day. The uh, Shade is one of my personal favorites. If he actually gets his ass in shape, he'll be doing pretty good. So you draw, um, so you draw, you draw him to in the mat like what Nick Botwinkle used to do when you first started, right? <laughs> uh, not as hands on as Nick was. Nick, we trained with Nick once or twice a week. Uh, unfortunately, I just get to do the the seminars and shit like that. Um, will I ever see you like wrestling out in the Midwest, like Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois, any time in the future? <laughs> Wow, I did not know that. I would have, I would have drove up to see that man. I would love to see you uh, wrestle in Ohio. Ohio has a lot of great promotions out there. I mean, you would be getting a huge pop. People would be loving you. Yeah, it's one of the the, the, the places I want to work at is Ohio, actually. Um, yeah, um, there's a lot of great promotions out there. You got like a Battle on the Border, Remix Pro. Um, you got Rockstar Pro Wrestling, and you also got Future Great Wrestling in Cincinnati, which is um, run by uh, Cody Hawk, and he also has a training school there as well. Yeah, I know Cody. Really? Um, so, do you have any like uh, good stories with you and Cody? Have you and Cody like tangled in the ring? No, I'm mostly gonna see Cody at CAC, but if you go through all the pictures at CAC, typically speaking, I'm behind Cody in most of them. <laughs> and what does he think about that? How you're like in the shadows behind Cody Hawk? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't got to ask him yet. I just like seeing the pictures. <laughs> Speaking of Cody Hawk, wherever he goes, he's followed by Pretty Little Cycle, Shauna Reed, and the Five Most Wanted, Sean Casey, David J, and Big John Murray. So, what do you think of the Five Most Wanted? They look like they all have very hittable faces. <laughs> what do you think of Big John Murray? Would you ever tangle with him in the ring? Yes. <laughs> what about Sean Casey? Sean Casey, I've hit a number of times. It was a lot of fun. Really, what were some of your um, favorite matches that you did with Sean Casey? I don't think I've ever had a match with him. I think, I think uh, there's been a few run-ins. And that's about it, but uh, I do remember hitting him in the face. Boy, you sure do hit a lot of people in the face. You must love it. Yeah, pretty much if you're close enough, I'm going to hit you in the face. I'm afraid if I meet you someday, you'll probably end up hitting me in the face, and I'm not a wrestler. Yeah, it's a good chance for that. <laughs> or maybe hit me with a chair, right? <laughs> no, I really like the sound of my elbow hitting jaws. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> so since you're a demi guide as well, um, have you conjured up any followers that will follow you in a ring and do your bidding? Uh, no, I don't like people around me that much. <laughs> hey, I'm surprised since you're a demi guide in the ring, I'm surprised no one hasn't uh, used your character for a, a Dungeons and Dragons role playing game. <laughs> I love it. Man, I'm having a good time talking to you. You're you're fun to talk to, man. This is great talking about you know, your story and how you love punching a lot of people in the face. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> so where can everybody find you on social media so they know what you're gonna be doing next? Uh Facebook, I'm under I am Bunnybone, first name I am, last name Bunnybone. Uh Twitter is Demi underscore God of Death and on Instagram it's uh, at your Demi God of Death. That's pretty awesome. Another question I want to ask you um, before we get off as well. What was it like to tangle with Super Beast? I like hitting Super Beast. He, he's a lot of fun to beat up. I'm actually tagging with him the next time I see him though. The, really? How'd you guys end up tagging if you guys like to beat up each other? Oh, that's pretty. We're, we're the type of guys that like to 
hit each other and work with each other for not hitting each other. Well, that's a kind of a weird relationship. So since you guys are tagging again, um, do you think you guys can coexist together and um, punch people's faces in the ring? Oh, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> I love it, man. That's pretty good. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, taking your time to come on. Hey, no problem at all, bud. And everybody else, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. You can listen to Wrestle Podcast at Hidden the Marks Podcast Network podcastcity.net at Podcast City Network. You can um, listen to me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Apple Podcasts, and on Twitter, WPopcast1, and on Facebook at Russell Podcast. Everybody have a great evening.